Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome everyone to Neon Twilight. I'm your host, Solaris Blue Raven. Special thank you to my producer and station owner, Barbara DeLong, for making this monthly show happen on Nightlight. Uh, shout out to Mark Eddy also and all the listeners out there. I trust everybody as well in allowing yourselves to ground, reset your energies, and breathe in what I call the universal life force energies. And this is a time of, uh, in the season of shedding old patterns and skins and a reflection of the year, perhaps uh, those we have lost, whether people in our lives or fur babies and Tonight, I'm going to take a break from the insane and get a cup of tea, get some spiced cider, whatever you all feel like you want, coffee, beverages, and just relax and maybe light a candle of some kind and get yourselves warm and cozy for a night of spontaneous magic and insight. And tonight, in celebration of Samhain, which is right around the corner, it's the Witch's New Year, coming up on October 31st, is, uh, and also Halloween to regular folks who celebrate Halloween, and I'm going to be reading my children's book, which is Mr. Sun and the Halloween Ball. And I had this published on uh, back in the day, years ago. On, excuse me, it's on Amazon.com and on Author House Books. And I'm going to read it to you tonight. I think it would be a very nice uh, way to kind of go into the gear of magic and wonder and, and just uh, start moving forward in energy. So I'll get, I guess I'll just go ahead and get started now. I hope uh, we're all ready to roll. I'm sure we are. And so this book, like I said, it's Mr. Sun and the Halloween Ball. The illustrations, if you purchase a copy, they're really adorable. And the illustrations are done by Susan Shorter. So you can find this on, like I said, Amazon or on Author House Books. And all rights are reserved, obviously, by me. <clears throat> Excuse me, so if anybody's interested in, in, uh, in this book, just you have to contact me for permission to use it for anything. All right, so I'm going to start reading. Get your tea. Get your coffee or whatever else. All right. Twas a moonlit evening. The trees were dancing through the twilight skies as the fireflies danced the fairy tale dream through the forest. The elves and garden divas were afoot bringing magic to flowers in late autumn bloom. The harvest was at hand and the smell of pumpkin pie and spiced cider filled the air. A truly magical evening, thought Star Nightshadow, the local witch from a small town called Dra Dragonsport. Star had just closed her potion shop for the night and was on her way home to her cottage to prepare for the annual Halloween ball. It was October the month of magic and celebration. 
The Witch's New Year, also known as Samhain, was right around the corner. To mortal folk, Samhain is known as Halloween. The invitations were being prepared by Wick and Arthur. They are two familiar cats of Star Night Shadow and the local caretakers of the yearly light festival and Dragonsport Cemetery. The Halloween ball invitations were all set. A specially coded invitation all done in invisible ink was written on each parchment. A paw print for authenticity was used. That was Wick's specialty as he liked to paw paint with the invisible ink. If you look at the book itself, there's pictures of the kitty. There was a scent of dragon's blood on the parchment and a fairy dust shimmer, which could only be seen by magical eyes. Invitations to the whole town of Dragonsport went out, fairies, pixies, spirits, gnomes, elves, witches, goblins, and even the old tree spirit down the road at the end of the forest. Miss Twilight Moon and Mr. Sun were also invited. The invitation read as this. Dear friends, it is with great pleasure we are once again celebrating the Halloween ball at the old carriage house on Queens River Road, October 31st, 7 p.m., Please be in costume RSVP if attending. Food and festivities provided. Yours, Miss Star Nightshadow. <clears throat> Miss Twilight Moon was one of the first to receive her invitation. After all, she was the evening eye in the sky. She had observed the delivery of the invitations on her nightly jaunt through the clouds. Following the route of Harold, the delivery gnome, she, she shadowed him his every move from home to home and mailbox to mailbox. Her moonlit beams were lighting the way. Miss Twilight Moon was illuminating the dresses so that Harold could see where he was going. The gnome looked up and said, Is that you, Miss Twilight? Why, yes, she replied. I should have known, said the gnome elf Harold. I felt a silvery mist on my back and knew there was someone friendly watching over me. Miss Moon smiled and said, Of course. Would I let you go alone on your delivery without a light from the moonlit skies? Why, no, said Harold. Harold replied. Since, since you are here, I have your invitation to the ball. I trust you will attend. Miss Moon smiled and said, When have I ever missed a Halloween ball? Harold the Gnome smiled and went on his merry way, sending his farewells echoing down the road. See you at the ball, Miss Twilight. There was an address which was most difficult to deliver. It was for Mr. Sun. Harold thought to himself, How do I get this invitation to Mr. Sun? Miss Twilight Moon was tracking Harold through the clouds and overheard his rather loud thoughts. Miss Moon chimed in, saying, I will see to it Mr. Sun receives his invitation. I have a special friend who can deliver it should you like me to assist. At that point, a mist-like creature appeared through the clouds, forming the vapors of a bird. Yet the wings were much larger than any bird Harold had seen. What is it? asked Harold. Miss Moon replied, It is the spirit and element of the air, Harold. It takes on many forms and grants wishes and requests to those in good standing with the spirit world. Harold cringed. I trust it likes me enough, Harold said. It does, replied Miss Moon. The spirit element of air then took the parchment from Harold's hands and vanished into the clouds. That was real magic, Harold cried out. Yes, it was, said Miss Moon. Harold once again thanked Miss Moon and went on down the road. His route was just about finished. He was ready to retire for the evening with some spiced cider and apple cinnamon shortbread. The next day, as Mr. Sun rose, arose, he noticed the parchment. The invitation was singed a bit, yet readable with the invisible ink. Mr. Sun was astounded. How can I attend a masquerade ball and wear a costume? Why, everyone would know it was me. What would I wear? What is that you say, his companion Twilight Moon replied? How do I attend this ball? With, it, with what costume? Let me see what we can find for you, replied Miss Moon. Miss Moon summoned the element of fire. The element rose forth like a miniature sun in the form of an orb. If you look closely at the orb, you could see what appeared as a pixie fairy, violet in color, violet eyes, and green hair. The element smiled at Miss Moon and said, Why, Miss Twilight? as she was called. 
To what do I owe this pleasure? Miss Moon smiled and said, I would like your assistance with Mr. Sun's Halloween costume for the annual ball. Mr. Sun, replied the element, how can we find him a costume to wear? Miss Moon replied, go to Miss Night Shadows and see what she can find in her closet. You know, the one with all the ceremonial garb. Why, yes, I know the one, the element replied. I am on my way. On that, the elemental orb vanished beyond the speed of light. All that was seen was an orb soaring through their local neighborhoods, lighting homes across the way. Graceful and magical was the element of fire. The evening sky was shimmering in view as Miss Night Shadow sipped her herbal tea by the nightly fire. Her familiar companions, Wick and Arthur, were at her feet. She was just about to grab a book of grimoire, but she noticed the orb enter her room, her home. Who goes there, she asked. Why, it is me, said the element of fire. I have been sent by Miss Twilight to ask you for assistance with Mr. Sun's Halloween costume. Costume, Miss Nightshadow replied. How do you disguise the sun? She laughed. Well, we have to find something, replied the fire element. Her wings flew in and out of the fire as if dancing on a bed of rocks. Okay, Miss Nightshadow smiled and said, let us go upstairs to the magical closet and see what I can find. Miss Nightshadow's cats jumped in delight. The mere idea of rummaging in the closet brought joy to their hearts. The stair was spiraled with a blue mist echoing magical workings. There were potions along the windowsills, many of which appeared to be charging by Miss Twilight's mysterious glow. The spiral staircase appeared as if it would never end until finally they reached the top of the apex. To the left, a long hallway with some rather odd pictures of what appeared to be the history of Dragon's Port Magic on the wall. At the end of the hall, there was a lavender closet door with a golden knob. Curious, the element cried out, Is this it? The magic closet? Why, yes, smiled Miss Nightshadow. There was pixie dust in the air circling around the closet and crystalline webs surrounding the knob as if to protect the closet from prying intruders. Miss Nightshadow used a verbal incantation and the door magically opened. What appeared as miniature stars flew out in a giddy array of bliss. Wick and Arthur rolled on the carpet playing with the garbs, which were draped to the ground. I am sure we will find something in here, said the fire element. They looked. There were all sorts of garbs, costumes, cloaks, and props none of which appeared to suit Mr. Sun's request. What about this, cried the orb. She grabbed a mask made of gold, which appeared out of thin air. That is not much of a costume, Miss Nightshadow replied. What about this, cried Arthur. What, said the element of fire. I do not see anything. Miss Nightshadow smiled and motioned in the invisible air. Then out of the thin air, there appeared a silver sheet with two eyes cut out. What is that supposed to be, cried the fire element. A ghost, said Miss Nightshadow. Why do you need a ghost? Why do you need to cover a ghost? The fire element cried out. Because, silly, so they can be seen and not spook anyone. Oh, said the fire element. I do not know if Mr. Sun would like to attend the ball as a ghost. After all, he is the sun. We shall see, replied Miss Nightshadow. She looked intently at the cloth, remembering the material was used for invisibility purposes. This just might work, she said. She took the cloth out of her closet. The door gently closed behind her, fairy dust falling to the floor. It was getting late and the fire element observing the darkening corridors lit the candles for Miss Nightshadow as they all walked down the spiral staircase. Miss Nightshadow smiled in gratitude. With that, the element of fire smiled back and vanished into thin air with the invisible garb, saying, I will show this to Mr. Sun. Thank you, Miss Nightshadow, and good night. Good night, replied Miss Nightshadow. With that, Miss Nightshadow returned to her fireplace, sipping on her tea, her two companion friends at her feet warming themselves in a gentle purr. The peaceful night shimmered away to twilight morning. The next morning, the fire element was there bright and early to show Mr. Sun what she had found. Mr. Sun saw the garb and said, what is this? The fire element replied, why, it is an invisibility cloak used for ghost costumes. A ghost, replied Mr. Sun. Hmm, he said. I do not know about that. 
Yeah, perhaps it may be fun to appear as one, seeing as I have never been to a Halloween ball before in, a, in costume. At that point, Miss Twilight Moon arrived and said, Splendid, you have a costume for the ball. How exciting. May I see it? She asked. No, smiled Mr. Sun. It is a surprise. All right, then, replied Miss Moon, knowing well what Mr. Sun's costume was, yet not wishing to spoil his fun. She winked at the fire element. At that point, the fire element winked back and said, My work is done here. Thank you, replied Miss Moon, and the fire element vanished without with echoing laughter saying, see you at the ball. Time was indeed flying off the wall. All Hallow's Eve had arrived. The elements were celebrating with orbs and waterfalls, fantastic winds, and an, and an autumn chill that was warm the spirit. The elves and gnomes had gone to town at the carriage house. Never had there been such an elaborate decor in all the history of the town gatherings. There were pumpkins aglow and candles lit throughout the path leading to the carriage house. Orbs maintained their stations in celebration of the grand entrance to guests. Wick and Arthur were there, were at the entrance to greet the masked guests and hand out party favors. There was even Mr. Spooky, the house caretaker, and Elder Cat, taking coats and inviting all in for some pumpkin bread and spiced cider. The kitchen was indeed the hearth of the home, filled with fairies, gnomes, elves, and pixies. All were sharing their magical recipes and tinctures. The smell of spices filled the air, and there were lots of sweet bread that no nature spirit could, could resist. The local witches had arrived in their best cloaks and circlets, masked in guises, sharing spells, potions, and conversing with many ancestors long departed, visiting for a short while on All Hallows' Eve to share a recipe or two. It was a blissful event. Miss Twilight Moon arrived as the sun. All were astounded to see her in a brilliant light shining on all attendees. Why, Miss Twilight, you look lovely, Miss Nightshadow said. Miss Moon smiled back and said, It did not take you long to figure me out. Why, no, replied Miss Nightshadow. Your moonbeams give you away, and the water from my goblet shimmered silver when you moved by. Miss Moon replied, somewhat embarrassed, I see. Just then an ominous presence appeared. At first it appeared as a shimmer of light, then it vanished. There was a warm presence as it moved by. What was that, said the gnome, Harold. Why, I believe that was Mr. Sun, replied the night shadow. I loaned him one of my costumes from the magical closet. Would that be the invisible ghost scarf, replied Harold. Why, yes, replied Miss Nightshadow. Just then a pixie chimed in and said, I thought the ghost costume left a chill in the air. The ghosts do, replied Miss Nightshadow. But that is Mr. Sun in the costume. He radiates heat. That's right, said the pixie. They all smiled at Mr. Sun as he moved by. There was music playing in the form of an autumn dance. The leaves on the trees danced to a rhythm in circular motion. This was a Halloween favorite for all of the attendees. A great circle was cast in light and magic, and the celebration began. There were visitors, nature spirits, village ghosts stopping in, saying hello, and leaving a message or two on the invisible wall for those inclined to read them. There was even the gold sniffer ghost named Ryder, who arrived to give his yearly ghost story, message of gold, and where the gnomes might look to find it if they dare. At a distance, the old carriage house was aglow. Inside, luminescent beings were seen in the shadow, in shadow and silhouette. The old tree spirit arrived and shared stories with the children of the forest and the magic which, which lives in every rock and stream. Mr. Sun's costume was a success. At the end of the evening, the attendees all turned to Mr. Sun and said, Mr. Sun, seeing as we know it is you, will you honor us with the warming of our moonlit bonfire? Mr. Sun smiled in excitement, ripped off his cloak, and shined his warm sun on all those gathering, gathered, lighting the gentle blaze into dawn. A magical night it was, a happy Halloween and New Year. With that, Miss Night Shadow said, Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again, and blessed be, and blessed be, replied the attendees, the circle is open, yet never broken. The end. And that is Mr. Sun and the Halloween Ball. I hope you enjoyed that read. 
it's, it's one of my favorites in a weird way because this is the first children's book I ever wrote. And it was, uh, I wrote this as a break between books I was writing that were more uh, hardcore. So this was kind of nice. And I hope it brings a little magic into your life and puts you in a different orbit for tonight or at least kind of shifts gears a little bit and gives you some perspective about spirit and energy and consciousness. Well, it also, uh, and it also introduces children to elementals and, and sprites and, and things that they should not be ever afraid of but should be welcoming to. So I think it, it, does, it, it, it serves its purpose on many different levels. It's, it's magical. But, but it also introduces children to the magic that's out there all the time and gives them a sense of, of familiarity and welcome to them. I agree. Yeah. I don't see many children's books on this topic, really. I mean, children's books regarding this type of thing. So I think it's important. And I think it's good for adults and children, too. I mean, in a sense, I, I'm a big kid, and I enjoy reading books like this. And I think most people would, too. So who knows? But Absolutely. I think um, eventually, <laughs> I'd eventually like to put it into a, uh, a some kind of an animation is what I'm looking at. So I think it would make a really cute oh. short story film. Well, yeah, and, and I want to um, go right along with you. The, the illustrations are beautiful. They are so uh, warm, friendly, and, and you know, you fall in love with them. The, the illustrations are beautiful. I agree. Yeah, that was Susan Shorter. She did a fabulous job over there at uh, Author House Books. So, yeah, definitely if you, if you want to uh, purchase a copy, I would encourage everybody to do so. It's just nice to have in a sense of, um, I, I like having these books on hand. I wish I had more on hand right now in my stock, but I don't. But definitely encourage people to purchase a copy and watch and, um, you know, read it to your family, read it to yourself, or have fun with it. That's definitely a, a nice little read. So thank you for your input on that. Oh, could, could, not, could not pass it by because I, I think it's, it's a great story. It makes the metaphysical and it, it makes things more natural and more more intriguing to children. So I, I, I think it, it serves so many purposes. It's a, it's a great book. Well, thank you. You know what I noticed is that it's more about pure energy, pure light, and pure, pure intent. And there's no, uh, there's no weird spin on it, energetically speaking. And I, I like to put books in that formula. I think there's a lot of weird out there when it comes down to the occult and I don't want to um, to have that tainted. You know, I try to keep it as pure and energy as possible because children are pure energy, pure light. And so, are, you know, adults, if they really do the spiritual work, they also radiate that same signature. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, there's so much put on the ghost hunters and demonologists and all of that stuff that, that I mean, I, there has to be something on the other end to balance it all out. And there isn't a great deal of, of this particular genre it's out there. I, I think you've hit an area that that is just hungering for material, and it's not there. So I think you've um, you've hit a, a place where you could you could really flood the market with wonderful stories that would help to educate children. And the the fact that the sprites and the nature spirits and I mean, well, they play tricks and stuff like that they are harmless and, and they will work with you if if you work with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I do notice that there's uh, there's not that going on there. There's not much um, 
I don't know why people aren't addressing it like that. I, you're right, though. There's a little more darkness associated with it, more of the, uh, the negative aspects of things. So, yeah, and I'm happy to put that in a series, actually, the Mr. Sun and, and uh, Miss Moon series. I just haven't been working on any children's books, any, anything other than this one. But down the road, I'd like to put more out there. So I think definitely. it's a great idea. Now, now you talked about, about which is New Year's. you want to explain to people that? Because not many understand Samhain. Yeah, I can cover Samhain a little bit here. Um, so for those of you who aren't really familiar with Samhain, it's, uh, you know, it's a festival of the dead normally, and meaning summer's end and um, pronounced Samhain, even though it doesn't look like it. And a lot of people say Samhain, Samhain because it's S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it is Samhain, and it is a celebration of the end of the harvest and the start of the coldest half of the year. And uh, for, for practitioners like me or any other who are involved in this type of thing, it's Samhain's the beginning of the spiritual new year. So we call it the witch's new year. Some people call it the spiritual new year, but it is indeed the witch's new year and the turning of the wheel. And and at this time, it's a time to also commune with our ancestors. So what we usually do um, during this type of uh, ceremony on Samhain is, is connect in with the ancestors that have long gone, whether it be somebody um, from recent who's passed away or maybe an ancestor from years ago or even a, a familiar, an animal, and have a special, whether it's a ritual or a nice dinner. Sometimes we use dumb feasts and such to uh, to have and, and respect the, and honor the dead and the spirit of the dead. So that's that's where that um, comes in insofar as what Samhain is versus just regular Halloween, which, of course, is, you know, you're looking at everything that was kind of taken from the, the Celts and hijacked into a different area of, um, well, religion had a lot to do with that insofar as creating different holidays and association. It was like they, they hijacked a, a specific um, particular event and then redirected the flow of it into something else. So, But the idea is that it is the uh, Festival of the Dead. So that's what the Samhain, which is New Year's about. And I think there are a lot of people out there who start to celebrate that now, uh, seeing more and more people kind of getting on board with magic and mysticism and spirituality. But the one thing I don't like is, uh, or I don't care for, is that they're not understanding their own path of spirit and they're, they're a little more um, into the dark side of things and so far as not doing the spiritual work before they start grasping uh, or trying to do the rituals that are very intense. There's a lot of uh, formulas associated with these rituals. They're not for the uh, novice, let's put it that way. If that answers your question, but I have a lot more data on that. If you want me to roll through that, certainly do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look into like the ancient Europe and originating in ancient Europe as um, the Celtic fire festival, so Samhain is celebrated worldwide now. But it, you know, that's really where it, its origins are in the Celts, and that's also my bloodline too on my mother's side. So, not that it means anything, but it does <laughs> to me because it's in my DNA. Even if I didn't want it to be, right? It's there. The, the Celts and the ancestors. We were always in connected to the spiritual past and the mystical alchemy and all these beautiful things that I didn't even realize until um, I just started moving the energy and awakening on a more spiritual level. It's very, very important. But the timing of um, Samhain, Samhain's a big deal in a sense of the tradition of, of uh, celebration of the dead and, and also remembrance and, and, and taking time to honor those, those beings who have moved on. I think it's very important. And also the veils between worlds, which are very, very thin. And even though they're thin right now here on this world, they're even more so uh, on October 31st or through that whole um, window of time and the illusion, I would say, in, in the window of time because there's really no such thing as time anyway. So, But you're looking at Halloween um, nowadays where people celebrate Halloween or All Hallows Eve, which is celebrated on and around October October 31st as well. So all these things kind of connect in and intersect, but there's two, two formulas. There's two paths to walk. And, and if you just want to be more the, the mainstream, that's Halloween and but if you want to go into the mystical and the occult and the um, the real aspects of what, what Samhain is about, then that would be the craft and, and paganism and connected into to Samhain. So those are things that we look at. 
they both occur at the same time. But, you know, like I said, it was hijacked. Halloween was taken and recreated from well, that one. <laughs> I think, actually, um, to be honest with you, that, that they're really – well, there are celebrations for Groundhog Days and, and all sorts of weird holidays out there. Um, a, a time set aside to honor family and generations and those that have passed over is is really a, a perfectly fabulous holiday. And and you know, with with I know that um, when my mother passed away, my the family got together and. It was basically, okay, who has a funny story about Grandma? And we went on for hours and hours and hours remembering her and her her joy and her love and, and the funny stories. And, you know, that's something that we don't do about our, our the people in our family and our, our, and our loved ones and, and our friends that have passed over. We don't, there is not a time set aside where you can honor them and, talk about the richness that they gave to our lives and, and the lessons that they taught us. And I, I think that this is a holiday that, that people should understand. It's not where spirits are raising up out of the graveyards and coming to haunt us. It's a time of remembrance and honoring. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And once again, I think that has a lot to do with the way Hollywood has spun some of the, some of the metaphysical aspects of, of whether it's Halloween or Samhain, it's always more about gore and terror and, hauntings versus spiritual enlightenment and communication with the dead. And I think uh, you, you're spot on about that. And you're like old all souls day, you know, on November 2nd, of course, that's the remembrance of, of all the souls of the dead. And uh, even you know, that's something very, very important. Everybody celebrates even, even uh, the day of the dead with De Los Muertos, of course, um, that's, it's all connected in with, with respecting those who've transferred out and, and even completion cycles, because if there's something that needs to be said and maybe you didn't get a chance to communicate it when they were alive, perhaps there's a time that you can place in that moment in this window of magic and, and um, ceremony to just remember and maybe say what you need uh-huh. to say. And that's why we have the dinner for the dead or the dumb feast where we're, there's no verb, there's no verbal communication when you do a dumb feast, but if you're just doing like a, a dinner for the dead, say you set a place, Matt, or a place um, setting for your whoever transferred out in a picture, perhaps I'm just giving you some ideas, but the idea behind that would be to have a conversation with that being in consciousness or telepathy and, and closure uh, or opening up and communication and love, but then closing, there's something that needs to be resolved. And some people have hangups with people and they didn't get a chance to say what they needed to before they left. And this is a great time of year to, to have closure. Absolutely. And, and uh, unfortunately, uh, for some reason, it, it, you know, it boggles my mind because the paganism and and you, you take it all back to to what used to be and and you know you go back hundreds thousands of years these were holidays that 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 were um commonly honored and and traditional religion has sort of put a hamper on all of these things and it's very very sad because you would think that um you know honoring honoring people who are alive, but they don't talk a lot about honoring those that have passed over. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's a very sad thing because that's where the richness of our culture comes from. So why shouldn't we just take a day out and remember the people and what they added to our lives and talk? And, you know, not many children today are, are given the um, 
the honor of understanding the generations that brought them forward, um, the the aspect of ge- you know genealogy and you know your great 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 grandfather did this or whatever. I mean, I think it's important that you know where you came from and it gives you a greater foundation for where you're going. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that that's not part of the culture or the education that we give the children today, and it's too bad. I so agree with that. Yeah, even the cellular memory, even if you don't even know your ancestors, there's something that comes through the DNA and the cellular recall uh-huh. that shows up. And all of a sudden, whether it's a similar behavioral pattern or a memory that's not yours or something, something connects in, even the path of spirit. Like I come from a very mystical family. And even in my, my heritage on my mother's side, it, it's in my blood. I mean, this whole, what I'm doing right now on the timeline is actually in correlation to my ancestors. So it's very, very interesting for me um, to to dive into that. My sister's very big on our ancestry. And I think that it is a good thing to know where you come from and wh- what they were involved in and also to honor that and respect it and, and transmute it alchemically if you need to. But these are things that people don't have a clue about nowadays. And you're right, you know, uh, the Christian whole Christianity, I mean, it was very dominant in the sense of taking over and, and even Samhain was kind of hijacked, like I said, and, and redirected into All Saints Day and other things with Eve and Halloween. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate because it's not a bad, um, Samhain isn't something negative. It's uh, actually a positive thing, but it's been kind of bastardized, unfortunately. And, and re- reestablishing that in a signature of respect and understanding what it is, I think it takes away the taboos. You know, so people aren't uh-huh. as, as leery and, and kind of scared or fear-based associating it with something that it's not. Well, I'd rather see my grandchildren understand their ancestors than collect candy to rot their teeth, frankly. <laughs> no uh, kidding. Oh, and if you only knew some of the stuff that was in, uh, what was it, candy corn? That stuff, I could redo off, uh, ram- ramble off ingredients on that that are just so not good for anybody. So, yeah. No, don't tell uh, me because I do like candy corn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm not going to let you know then. I will not say a word. But, yeah, I liked it too until I started reading the ingredients. And I was like, whoa. But, yeah. But, you know, it's a good time to celebrate nonetheless. And I think that this year, it's been a strange year. It's been a year of turbulent weird and a lot of uh, a lot of strange things that happened to this country that normally would, would not happen, in my opinion. So when, when all hell breaks loose in the illusion of, I always say go to the next level in consciousness and start redefining your perimeters. And, and with this particular, um, you know, this new beginning in the sense of the Witch's New Year, the new beginning of Samhain is, is a closure in a sense of letting go and, and moving on to the next level. And of course, resolving any issues that need to be resolved for those who have departed and celebrating and spirit and, re- and remembrance and love. And that's what I look at this time of year for, for ancestors and such. So to me, it's a really big deal and, and I will be attending a dumb feast. So uh, it will be nice. You know, it's, it's, I've done it before and it's always very powerful and very, um, it's just very enlightening. Let's put it that way. So those are good, good things to do. Absolutely. Well, I think it's it's you know they they talk so much about the education our kids are getting, and this is part of the education. Is it's like Ken Quiethawk, who who did the introduction to the show. He, he's a native storyteller, and the kids today have no concept of what a native storyteller is. And right. again, another richness to our culture and our background that is that is going kind of like um, fading into in, into the annals of time, so to speak. It's really very sad. And, and uh, I, I, the, the more I look, the more, and, well, nature spirits especially. I mean, I adore nature spirits and elementals. Um, mm-hmm. They've always helped me with gardens and, and with, with everything that I've worked on. And 
you know, I, I guess you could look at me in the garden and think I was crazy because I, I would talk to, you know, I would talk to them, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and it didn't, didn't bother me that anybody hurt me either. And, uh, but they worked with me so, so magnificently uh, that, that it was, it was amazing. So I think that, that our school system has, first of all, I don't think our school system is worth a damn anyhow, but that's just my opinion. But, we're not we're not giving the kids the richness of our culture. We're giving them things that they are memorizing and spitting back for tests, but they aren't incorporate the they aren't incorporating it into who they are and what they are. And, and I mm-hmm. think that this is a very good example of um, you know the, the educating kids into this this aspect of life that has been out there since before time began, just about. Right. Well, I think it's teaching them to dream again, too, in a sense of just tuning in. You know, so many times, as you remember, in the old days, they try to divert people, or especially children, you know, their attention if they're daydreaming. Well, that's not a good thing. Well, sometimes it is a good thing because they're being more creative and they're honing in on spirituality or maybe multidimensional spaces. So I, I don't want to shut that down for anybody. I don't care if they're an adult or a child. I think they need to grow and evolve spiritually. And, and the one thing that I have noticed, I think you're right about, is school systems, colleges, even even corporate arenas, Everything is without spirit. It's without souls, without consciousness. It's void of spirit, and it's a very hard environment to work in, study in, learn in. We're, we're very interactive with consciousness, like you were saying. I mean, we, we have all these beautiful life forms that we can interact with, whether it's the spirit of the trees or whatever it is. And to be shut down from that is not acceptable, not at all. And I encourage everybody to tune in and hone in on those gifts and get in touch with nature again. You know, the thing is, it's funny because I'm reading through the book and I'm talking about the element of fire and I'm just around, I just got through this big fire thing up here where there's been crazy fires, you know, but spirit, you know, once again, we have snowfall and everything's calming down. But I have to say a lot of these fires were not caused by anything but arsonists and people who are being negligent. So once again, if they don't want to mention that, that's their problem. But I can tell you point blank, a lot of that is going on. Yes, there's a lot of dry uh, weather conditions. But a lot of this is done um, by people. And, of course, maybe those people might have been entity control for all we know. So, once again, it's very interesting um, how things happen. So I don't blame the element of fire on that. The negligence, once again, you have to be respectful with everything, fire, water, earth, air, ether. And, and I don't see that respect. So teaching children that respect would be a good idea. If, if somebody wanted to start to educate their children into the, the understanding of this philosophy, how would they go about it? Are there are there books? Are there? I mean, you don't take a kid to a coven. So how do you no. how, how how do you begin to educate them to the presence of these entities that are around us constantly? Yeah, you're such a good question because I don't I don't really think there are many books out there for kids or children rather. And the one thing that I would suggest is that just teach them spirituality. You know, teach them, show them about crystals and, and, and show them how to tune in or feel energy from crystals or maybe even, you know, smudging, using sage to smudge and clear the aura. Um, also dream analysis, you know, have them draw what they're dreaming about. I mean, there's all things you can do interactive with the parents insofar as if they want to educate their children and get them more into the field of spirituality. But I think that insofar as books go, it's really hard for um, I, for, ch- for children. I don't think there are many books out there. I know Silver Ravenwolf, whose background in, in paganism and witchcraft, had some teenage witch books out, but even those were, you know, they are what they are. But 
Yeah, I, I can honestly tell you, and I think that's one of the reasons I think this book is good, because it does kind of calibrate children to the world of the unknown in a good way, in the world of pagans, and, and teaches them a different different realm that's not intrusive or um, offensive, you know, by their own programming or where they've been. So, But yeah, I, I don't know. I can't answer that. But I, I'll tell you one thing. When I was married and I had my stepchildren, I got to the point where they would come into the house and they loved it when I smudged them. They were really big on me smudging their auras. And every time they come in, I said, okay, so we're going to clear your auras. Well, that's a long story why I had to do <laughs> Anyway, yeah. I would smudge their auras. And it was really cute because they put their little hands out like little angels, you know. And uh, you smudge their auras front and back and all that. And, I, and they were really into it. I mean, they really loved the energy. And I can remember even, even the, um, my stepdaughter, who I adored at the time, and, and she'd come in the house and she'd I'd always have my crystals out. And I'd always have like um, an altar with candles or it always – always had something ceremonial, a sense of energetic, you know, there was a real strong light station signature there. And she'd always say, uh, it, it feels like a church in here. She'd always tell me that. And I thought that was really, Aww. really sweet because children are so psychic and so sensitive and pick up on so many things energetically. So this is another thing. If, if people don't see how this environment that's going on right now is affecting them energetically, oh, it is. And, and I don't want their DNA to be shut down, you know, so we've got to try to reawaken them. In my opinion, I think it's just one-on-one instruction. If you're a parent, teach your children about spirituality and consciousness. Just do it. And then find some books that may be um, compatible with, their, with what they're interested in. That's what I would do. That's what I've been doing in the past because there are no children's books for this sort of thing as far as I can tell. Um, I think there, there's, um, there's one about how to heal your chakras with fairy rainbow. And there's another book out there, and I I can't tell you the name of it because I well because I somebody told me about it, but it's it's about a kingdom of fairies, and every every fairy was a different color, and every color related to the chakras, and the fairy had the personality of that chakra. Well, that's cute. I like that. I would like that book so just that, because I'm a kid at heart. But <laughs> yeah, but but you know, I I think. I think that there is there is a, a market out there that, that hasn't been touched because, um, I, I mean, the best time to get a kid it, to teach them is is when they're they're in their I don't know ten eleven twelve in that area, um, or even before. I, I there, there's kids grow up. Kids, kids are always they—they they are full of love and they're accepting and and they will flow into whatever you teach them or share with them. And if you teach them fear and if you teach them prejudice and if you teach them all of that other stuff, they take it through the rest of their life. So if you can, I, I, you don't have to make it, you know, airy fairy. You can you can explain things to them in a way that they will incorporate them into their own behavior and their own attitude toward life. And uh, it, it, it just it makes it so much easier if you get them. I forget who said, oh, well, it was probably, uh, I think it was, um, God, it was Herman Goring or whatever, give, you, give me a child, you know, and I'll make him a Nazi for life type stuff. If you, if you, you know, bad analogy, but if you if you feed them this material so that they're comfortable with it, they it won't seem weird and horrible to them as they get older. And so many people mm-hmm. today are so frightened of anything of the metaphysical genre that that it it's very sad because 
my gosh, without that, my life would be absolutely um, empty. It would be horrible. I can't imagine it without it. Yeah, I think it's just because it's it's universal. It's a consciousness thing. It's energetic on so many different yeah. levels. It's um, Yeah, how can you not be part of the equation? I mean, my goodness. But what I have noticed is coming from, you know, coming from my background with the craft and everything else that I've been involved in over the years, there's some really pe- bad people out there in, in the craft that are not the good people. And they're, and they're actually giving kind of a taint on what people perceive as witches and magic. And, and those are the people that, you know, I can't do anything about. But I'll tell you, they, they do um, taint the scene, so to speak. And I have noticed this more and more. And I guess one of the reasons I'm out in the sense of my broom's kind of out and I'm, and I'm you know, not the hardcore <laughs> witch people think I am. But you know what I mean? I have my background and I'm a high priestess and I don't hide that. But I will say it is about integrity and spiritual integrity and not just saying we're about curses and we're about this and we're about that. I don't know where these other people are coming from, but I do see a low order magic going on and I don't subscribe to that in any form of dimensional space. And I don't want people, especially children and teenagers getting sucked into that wave because that's just entity control. That's, that's crazy. So that's my two cents on it. And that's my critique on it. And this is why I do the work that I do in a sense. I mean, I have, I know defense of the dark arts. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not one to go after anybody, and I, I certainly think that there's a, a different kind of agenda associated with some of the stuff going on here on the timeline. So these kids have a lot to deal with. I mean, the children of the world today, um, it, there's a lot on their plate, and it, is, it would be helpful for them to have the right materials in front of them so they can make the choice, the correct choices and decisions on this crazy cosmic highway <laughs> because they're going to yeah. need it. And, of course, role models, too. I mean, my goodness, I mean, you're an excellent teacher. You're a spiritual teacher, but you're also a a school teacher, you know. So you've got all these components in you as well as a good role model. I would love to see more role models out there for these children. I don't see any role models. And Hollywood is not a role model. Actors, musicians, those aren't role models. You know, so that's the problem I'm running into, or or they are. But I don't want to see people programmed. It's input-output, you know. And coming from the background where I come from, it's it's always about how much data can these people handle that – toxic and eventually they snap or eventually there's schizophrenia or bipolar or something else. I mean, if they're constantly being hit with negativity and their input is constant negative programming and social engineering, you know, the output's not going to be very productive. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, when you get into the field, when you get, if you're, if you're really, it depends on, on what brings you into the field. I think Uh, so many people, get so blown away by the glamour that is attached to it from time to time that that they lose their, their footing and they lose their pathway and they get caught up in how much money can I make and how much um, attention can I draw to me. And, you know, it, it's, it, it goes from being a very spiritually enriching process to um, souring and becoming selfish and almost... Um, Gosh, there's there's avarice connected to it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to keep your head about you. You have to keep your your feet planted firmly on the pathway. And there are moments when when you know everybody stumbles. I mean, I mean, that's why we're here. But um, to use it to to other people's disadvantage is not the is not appropriate. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I agree. It it just it boggles my mind when you see somebody who has been on the pathway so beautifully deciding to um, go off and become a millionaire at the cost of other people, which which bothers me greatly. Yeah, there's a lot of that greed going on. There is. 
and vanity or whatever it is that's going on. I call it entity control to some degree. There's no balance. There's, there's just no balance going on, but they lose something along the way. Something, something along the way dies. There's no doubt about that. So, yeah. Well, it, it's, um, I, think, I think having a connection to spirit is, is such an exciting thing. And, I mean, it can, it can help you in, in so many ways, having that connection and having that resource and being able to, um, you know, it, depending on how far you go with it, locking into a connection with the, not only the other side, but with the source, I mean, then, then you can be a source of, of, you know, bringing through that information and not only uh, helping it to enhance your own pathway, but, but quite possibly other people benefiting from the wisdom that you're sharing. So mm-hmm. it, it's a very exciting, it, it's an exciting process. But it's, it's, it's not one that will make you monet- physically rich. It will make you spiritually rich beyond belief. But, you know, if, if, you, if you're thinking that there will be billions in the bank, I, I would suggest if you have billions in the bank, you've done something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a club on that level. Sometimes they're pre-selected, yeah. especially in areas of, of high success. You know, I'm thinking about like yeah. music industry and entertainment, definitely pre-selected for their for their destination there. And of course there's a price to pay. There's always a price to pay for that kind of success. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. And nobody envies them. Nobody wants to be with them. But what I do notice is that there is a side to these types. And I see it on Twitter, especially these people in the entertainment industry, they need attention 24 seven. I mean, they're entity controlled, they're dysfunctional, they're fragmented, and they try to get on there and lure everybody into their weird. And I've noticed that more and more. And it, it's just really interesting to me with all their money and all their the illusion and delusion of success, I should say, they're still this, there's nothing there. I mean, it's just amazing. So, you know, once again, you're right. The richness comes from consciousness and the multiverse is infinitely rich on so many different levels and spiritually rich on, on many, many levels. So knowledge is power. And, and if you have the right knowledge, it's, it's, you're invincible. But what I see here oh, is yeah. that most, yeah, most people are not educated and, and spiritually speaking, and you probably know this as well as I do, that there are people out there who are spiritually evolved, but they're not, they don't have half, half a clue of what's really going on on a multidimensional scale. And I, I mean, I, I even know witches and priestesses that brag and think they're this and they're that, and they don't know anything. So and nothing against them and no judgment in a sense, but an observation that I'm saying, it's like, it, it's, it's interesting for me to observe these people because they really haven't been taught the right way. And they're learning from other people and they're just replicating and regurgitating bad information, bad analysis, bad knowledge, and generating it into other people. So be careful what you know. I mean, in a sense, I'm not talking to you, but the listeners... You know, your gnosis is, is like gold. I mean, you really want to make sure that you have the right information and, and not something that's been replicated by something that's been tainted, is my, is my point. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's sort of like if someone has to tell you how great they are, they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, There's a lot and, of ego, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's – um, I met somebody once who introduced yourself. She said, I'm a shaman. And I said, well, that's great. What tradition do you, you know, practice? And she just gave me a blank look. And I said, how long have you been studying in this pathway? Well, I just finished a four-day workshop. I said, seriously? She said, yeah, I have my certificate here. See, it says I'm a shaman. And I said, oh, please don't show that to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I said, 
I said, I'm sure it cost you a lot of money. She said, it cost me $3,000. I said, don't don't show it to a real shaman, please. <laughs> um, wow. I said, That's amazing. Is, yeah. And it, it's all over the place. So it's, mm-hmm. the the journey is a is a personal one. The journey doesn't end. You never get to the end of it. You, it is a, it, it is a never-ending story, and it's a never-ending journey. And and mm-hmm. um, and there's no certificate at the end of it to prove you've you've done something either. But the richness in your life is testimony to just how well you've done. So yeah, it's an endless uh, spiral. Yeah. Well, you know that what I and always try a, to do is awaken people. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I I think that that you're absolutely right. I think it is a spiral, and and um, you know, every now and then, everybody has to sit down and take a look and say, "Dang, did I do something wrong? Am I not moving?" And and then you get the fact that sometimes patience is part of the journey, which sucks. Um, I mean, I do complain every now and then, but it doesn't do me any good. But I do complain because. You know, you'd think after this many years that that I, I'd be in the I, I would I would have hoped I would be in the fast lane, and yet, um, you know, the, when I comment on it, it's like what makes you think you're not, and it's kind of like things seem to be going pretty slow on my end. I don't know about yours. But. Oh, I don't think so. I don't, I think you're actually moving quite fast. My goodness, you've made so many changes this year. I have. I have. I think that's that you're true. immune to the frequency. That's all. I think things are moving very quickly for you. Well, you know, I, I think every 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 decade I have reinvented myself, and um, I think this is a new decade. And and uh, I mean, uh, just moving a thousand miles and and uh, reestablishing myself, and you know, the radio show became a network, and whole bunches of things. I mean, I think yes, you're right. It's just that. It it it's kind of like getting to a to a flat out physical thing. I'd really like to be unpacked by now. <laughs> well, that'll get you'll get that done. You'll, give yourself oh, a yeah. deadline too by by January first. Oh oh, it'll be by then for sure. But but you know, it's really it's very exciting because it's a whole, and and I think most people, you know, when they move, they they think of just the physical stuff and and. You know, I'm looking here at, you know, what kind of atmosphere is this? Are, are people going to be open to the fact that I'm spiritually oriented? Um, I mean, I don't have a sign at my front door that says, you know, metaphysically oriented here, you know, enter at your own risk. But, well, it doesn't um, say witch lives here or anything like that. You're good. No. <laughs> the witch is in. No, I, but but... I think that that this is the world is changing, and I think it's changing for the better. It doesn't feel it sometimes, but I really believe it is. And and I I, I think we're in for some very exciting times. Um, there's an upheaval going on, but you know when you when you're going into things that are that are very very new, often you have to tear down the old in order for the new to be able to be built. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk to talk to me in another two months, and we'll see just how much of that you know has come about. Said, well, that will you will. But you know what's interesting? It's it's the shedding of the skins, but it's also the programming. So, 
for you, it's not a big deal because you're just nebulous in consciousness. But for some people who have old programs running, they could move to another destination, but they're bringing the same old behavioral patterns, the same old programming. So it's not going to change their environment, even if they move and they're in a different situation or a different state. And my point is always about doing the inner work. And I know you, you can resonate with that because most people don't really dive into that level of clearing away the debris field and getting, getting all this junk out of their energetic signature to point where they can move to the next frequency or actually have more abundance or whatever it is that they need. And that, that could be good health and whatever else they want to bring into their life. But the bottom line is they have to clear out some of the things that have caused them to have this inertia and these wormholes attached to their auras. At least that's my, my impression. And that's one thing that oh. I look at because unless they change themselves in consciousness, it doesn't matter where they move on the map. That's true. And I, I think that, too, you know, when you say to somebody you have to work on yourself, you get a blank look on, you know, they get a blank look on their face. And it's like, <laughs> how do I do that? And it's, well, you know, I don't know what's inside of you, but, you know, you have to, you have to make sure that you're balanced. You have to make sure that you're not holding on to garbage from, from this life or past lives. You're, you, you have to make sure you're not angry. And, you know, so often people hold grudges for so long that, that they, they create soft spots, I guess, is the best way to put it. And, you know, if you're hanging on to something that, that hurt you in the past, then then you're not healed, so you, you can't have the richness of an experience in the future if you don't heal that wound in the past. And And it doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with that person, but it means you have to be able to heal whatever caused the problem and move forward. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Otherwise, it manifests as an illness at some point if they don't let go of whatever that is that's holding that anger or that rage or that sickness or that whatever it is, uh, even fear. Yeah. I mean, these things can create such a physical ailment at some point if they keep holding the frequency. And that's I'm sure you can understand that and relate to it. And one thing I can suggest for people, if they do have issues like that, you are, if you can't clear it yourself, get a healer who can, who help you to help. And it probably takes more than one session, but to keep flowing, you know, pushing that energetic, um, whatever is causing that, that illness or whatever is causing the inertia out so that you can actually raise your frequency. Mm-hmm. Get a support system. And then eventually and, you'll be able and, to fly on your own. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I had, when, when I was, gosh, I don't know how long the radio show had been going on, but, but it was it was over a decade or so. And, um, you know, I, I found that... that uh, I was I I had met some people that I thought could help me with it and they couldn't and at one point uh one person actually said they'd help me with my website and and they literally t- stole my website <laughs> and, oh. and and um it took me a while to hack back into my own website and get it back again but wow. it but it was such a great learning experience I learned that I could do the, you know, I, I could do a lot of the putting of the information up myself. I could do a lot of the stuff that I was having someone else do, but I found that, that I, I've had, I got somebody to teach me, you know, and let me take care of my, my, my website myself. And so I learned, it was a great experience. Now, I never wrote that girl a thank you note, but I am so grateful that she put me through that experience because um, I'm richer because of it. 
um, you know, I, I take care of my own stuff now. And, and so it's a, it's, it's a situation like that. I could be angry and badmouth her, or I could be grateful for the experience and move on. And, and I, I chose to be grateful. Mm-hmm. But don't get, me, don't get me wrong, it took me a couple of days of wanting to really kill her, and, and then I got my website back. <laughs> well, that's good. No, it does. That, that, that which does not kill us empowers us, right, on so many different levels. Yeah. Or destroy us, you know, on those levels. Yeah. Changing it alchemically, just change the game. I think that's what people need to do is, uh, is learn how to alchemically change while they're going through these, these spaces. Um, and, and maybe they're dealing with some dark tides or some weird turbulent storms, but they can alchemically change it if they so, so choose to do. And I would encourage that, especially this time of year. But I think oh, people yeah. hold on to a lot of negativity. I mean, you see the patterning going on right now on the timeline, and and I don't want that bleeding through to the children. I mean, and it is, unfortunately. And, um, you know, it's amazing. What I would like to see is like a star seed academy where they can have like the star seed types attend a school where it's all about nebulous consciousness, where they're learning, but they're learning on an advanced level because they can learn on an advanced level even to start. I, I mean, I really believe that. So to me, it's also about incorporating spirituality, energy, consciousness, and none of this weird programming and the strange that's going on um, for an agenda. I mean, just literally just pure energy, pure light, pure environment. I'd like to see something like that for them. Probably won't be on this I planet, think that's, so. Well, I think that's a great <laughs> idea. Um, I think uh, from from what you're saying, uh, you know, a Starseed Academy series of books would be a great idea for children. Yeah, it would. Definitely. That's something to look at. Yep. And, and you know, you you can you can start with your little your, your stories like your children's book, you know, but but and then go into fairies and chakras and then go into elementals and then you know start from the very from start start real real simple and then you know get get onto the point where you're where you're working with how do you deal with this kind of situation how do you deal with that kind of situation and here are your choices and. You know, from bullying to all sorts of things, but do it on a child's level, and and I think that it's it's a great way to introduce adults to this concept because adults are already hardwired in other directions, so that in many ways they have to come back to the simple beginnings in order to become comfortable with a lot of the things that they've been taught to hate and fear. And 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 have them embrace them and let them be a part of their lives to give them greater light and richness. Mm-hmm. Very true. That's a good idea. I agree. I feel sorry for some of the adults who've had to go through that, but uh, you know, there's always there's always time to deprogram. In my opinion. Oh yeah. They better deprogram. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> Otherwise, well, you know, they're going to be in a real bad wormhole. Absolutely. Now, you and I have both thrown this, the term the veils out here. Not everybody is going to understand what the veils are. And this is one of those time frames um, between now and the first of the year where the veils thin. You want to explain to people a little bit what the veils are? Well, to me, I mean, we might have a different you know, different interpolation of it, but the veils for between worlds, obviously dimensional fields, but, but layers of, of energy that are connected, connecting and intersecting between different worlds where you can engage or communicate with other beings and life forms, including the dead. So you have the veil between life and death and so far as the, the, the thin veil between uh, transition and the underworld and, and also other dimensions too. It's not just that one, but, but the veil between worlds, what we're talking about here with Samhain is the world with the, those who have transferred out. In other words, the, between 
life and, and the afterlife are very, very thin right now. And, and the, the, the doorways between those two dimensional fields are very much intersected and accessible for those who are very intuitive and choose to access that on a more consciousness or spiritual level. So, so with that comes parallel bleed through, comes messages from the dead or spirit and other things that connect in energetically speaking that can be of support if they so choose to have these beings around them. But it also brings in other types of energetics where people can become inundated with all kinds of energies from the unseen to a point where their behavior might change or they might feel a little more sensitive, maybe a little more teary, maybe a little more angry because they're picking up on energies connected into maybe someone they have a connection to uh, who's transferred out and, and such. So that, and that's my interpretation of it on, on a lot of different levels, because when I work in the world of um, the unseen, we, we, we use many types of um, ceremonies to cut doors and open doors. And, and uh, that's mm-hmm. part of this equation connected to that. So that's, that's how I describe it. No, it's, it's very much the same way that I, that I look upon it as well. I also have noticed that, that there are two time frames during the year where the veils thin tremendously and there are more people who cross over during those time frames. You know, one is one is the holiday season, you know, end of October through, you know, maybe the middle of January. And then again, in the summertime, almost the exact time around uh, summer solstice, and for some reason, those two time frames, um, people people cross over more frequently. Um, it, it's 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 almost like it's it's, and I'm talking people who have illnesses that would take them out. You know, I'm not talking about mm-hmm. suicides, but in those two time frames, I'm I I have always noticed that there were greater uh, fatalities on, on, with things going on that that. It just was easier for them to let go and move on to the next phase, the next level, the next plateau of, of their of their journey that they're on. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually really haven't. Um, but I don't discount that. I think that you are right about the the January and then coming in through the fall and autumn and yeah, there's a lot of transition going on. Uh, but I really didn't put that together, so I'll have to look at that. But I have lost a lot of people. And it seems like it usually is through the summer or towards the end of the year. So that's the same window that you're talking about. That's very interesting that you put, you put that together. Yeah, I just um, it's it's not that I haunt the obituaries, but but um, <laughs> it, it it seems you know who was it um, you know they checked the obituaries before they got out of bed to make sure they were still here. Um, well, that's cute. It it's it's. My favorite story on that is W.C. Fields was um, very ill in the hospital, and he was dying, and somebody went to see him, and they found him sitting there reading the Bible, and and the guy said, you know, what are you doing? What are you reading? And W.C. Fields said, I'm reading the Bible. And he said, you're not the least bit religious. What are you looking for in there? And (laughs) and W.C. Fields said, loopholes. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. But... um, but it, it it it's it's sort of these 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 time frames to me are always fascinating because <clears throat> my mother passed away on uh, January fourth, right in that right in that um, time frame. Um, my late husband Patrick he passed over uh, uh, almost Halloween in in October, so that when we hit the, this time frame, for some reason. It's easier for people to slip over. Mhm. I tend to agree with that for sure. 
especially this time. Yeah, towards Samhain, definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of activity. And it usually hits a lot of Scorpio types, too, even though it's, it, it's the month of Scorpio. But it does, it does correlate to a lot of Scorpio, in my opinion. When they transfer out, it's usually around that, that window. Interesting. So that's interesting. Yeah, I have noticed that. Well, you know, I think there's so much going on energetically around us that that so many people are unaware of what the energies are doing, and and um, it's it's. I wish that that there were a way to teach children how to see the energies, experience the energies, and 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 flow with them, and mm-hmm. and you know have them become a part of their lives, and and. Um, and I, I get I keep going back to the elementals because they are they are such an important part of our world and they're around us all the time and have you found them to be especially water elementals tricksters on in some level or not, or another? You know, I've had friends that are um that I know very you know, that have had problems with them. <laughs> but not me. I, I don't have problems with the elementals in a sense. I've always worked with them in very fluid fashion and, and I've never had any issues. I mean, things that phase in and out, like things will disappear and come back. I don't know if I can actually blame that on them or if it's a frequency thing where things are just phasing in the house. And, you know, that does happen where the vibration changes and all of a sudden things are there and then they're not there and then they come back. And that is not, you're, you're not hallucinating. You're not losing your mind. Especially <laughs> things are starting to phase in the house. I, I know you can relate to that. And some people blame it on the little people or they blame it on elementals and this and that. But no, I don't have that problem. And I've always had positive energetics associated um, in connection to elementals and even even the fae and we've done fairy circles and we've done things even though some people say it can be very you know they can be very intense i've I've had very positive experiences with those as well oh i i have too and and um i know that uh especially here i I put bird, bird feeders out because i always have fed the birds um except for the last year and a half because i thought i was moving and i didn't want to you know, feed them and then stop when they needed to have the food. So I just I stopped so they didn't count on me. And when I got the bird feeders out, I sat down by the window and, and both cats came up and they looked at me and I said, call the birds. we got to have the birds come. And, and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they didn't call the birds. But, but you, could see, you could see the energy down beneath the bird feeders. You could see it. Um, almost mm. like you know how you know how on on a on a hot day how the highway looks like there's you know it, it it's the highway kind of has energy that you see coming up from it. I, I know it's heat, but it, mm-hmm. it looks like it's energy oh, yeah. coming up from it. That's that's what was underneath the um, the bird feeders, and and um, you know the cats just you know I don't often sit on the floor with them, so they were kind of you know. And then, then I could see them noticing the energy under the bird feeders, and wow. within within maybe maybe ten or fifteen minutes, there had to be a couple dozen birds there. Oh, and, and <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It, you can work with it this way, and and yeah. I think the the important thing is you have to believe you can work with it. And and it's kind of like Tinkerbell, you know. <laughs> you have to believe it's there in order for it to actually exist. Yeah, it's frequency because um, you're sending out a transmission, energetically speaking. And your aura is expanded yeah. anyway, so you're already interactive with that world. 
And I think that's one of the reasons that it interacts back with you so easily is some people may not have that established yet, but they can certainly do that through intent, like you're saying, because as they're sending the energy, they're just, the consciousness is already a stream of consciousness. It's already creating a formula to create a, a field of energy for them. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. And of course, the cats don't go outside. So mm-hmm. the energy was to bring the birds in, not not to give the cats a meal. So mm-hmm, um, right. <laughs> the, 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 the cats, I have to say, I was fascinated. I was fascinated because the cats were more interested in the energy under the bird feeders than the birds themselves. Mm-hmm. They're so intuitive. Go figure. Go figure. Yeah, very psychic. Well, that doesn't surprise me. The cat, the cats know how to navigate in every dimension, and they're so good when it comes to seeing spirits and shielding and protecting psychically, and also extraterrestrial oriented too. They're very, very honed in on extraterrestrials. So they're, they're something else. They're amazing. Um, what, well, extraterrestrials on an energetic level or on a physical level? Well, for me, now this is an interesting story I can share. I, I want to say it was a drone because that's my logical, that's my brain saying I've been through covert technology and blah, 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 and I think it was a drone. But I'll have to tell you, this was years back, and I went to bed at night, and it was like 3 or 4 in the morning, and my cats were in the loft upstairs, and they come running down, and they jump into the window, and they were just like obsessed. And they woke me up. They startled me. And I was like, what is that? So I went out and I looked through my window. And I saw this big, bright, white, pulsing like light that was pulsing, pulsing, pulsing for like, I don't know how many minutes. And by the time I got my camera, it zoomed out. It just went up into the stars and disappeared. And I thought, well, I thought that was really wild. But to me, I talked to a friend about this, and he's convinced it's an, it was an extraterrestrial thing. Um, but, and I, I, I'll tell you, it was something supernatural, definitely energetically charged, because my cats, don't do that. We have planes, that we have air traffic, we have all kinds of things out here, helicopters. I mean, my goodness, they've never done that before. And for me to, to like, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have probably noticed. I wouldn't have been like woken up. So, but that's what happened. And that's why I say, I think they're very honed in on whatever it is, extraterrestrial or even exotic technology. They know they're amazing. Mm-hmm. That's the same type of um, sighting that uh, Lynn Katai had right before the Phoenix lights occurred that she was able to film. Oh, wow. The, the, the bright pulsating light from her, um, it, it visited her uh, on a number of nights before the, uh, before the Phoenix light um, ships, I guess, flew over. Um, but but that's that's what got her into. I'm going to get a camera and I'm going to take pictures of the. What you described was exactly what she described. Wow. So uh, chances are it might have been a UFO. I'm trying to like jade myself into saying it wasn't. <laughs> that's <so> logical. <laughs> it's not that I don't believe. I do believe, and I, I know extraterrestrial intelligence because I've written on it. You know, my book Alien Intelligence. But I just try to discount it. Oh, it was just a drone. Oh, it's this. It's this that. But. The way my animals responded, and, and just from what you just mentioned, I didn't realize that she had seen something like that. So um, yeah. probably, yeah, there's definitely something something different about it. No doubt well, about it that. Was a U, it was a UFO because it was an unidentified flying object. Now, whether it was of alien technology or not, um, I would tend to think it probably was. Well, it, it certainly, um, according to a lot of my friends who are convinced that's what I was visited by their friends, they, they have ET friends and they said it, that's what it was. So who's to argue, right? I, I trust my cats. <laughs> <laughs> There's something else. I'm sure you can relate with your animals, but I'm telling you, my dog didn't do anything. I mean, he was asleep. But the cats, oh, wow. Yeah. 
That's interesting. It was very interesting. And it did have a nice energetic to it. I'll tell you that much. But for me, I guess I'm just too jaded because after that I was just like, all right, well, I'm going back to bed then. (laughs) There you go. Kind of funny. Well, what 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 could you do? You know, wait, come that back, was, come back. Well, I want my own I, craft with symbiotic interface so I can navigate. And I know exactly what I'm looking for for my own ship. One of these days, I'm <laughs> expecting my ship to show up. I'm going to be able to interface with it and navigate in it and have fun with it and maybe even take my animals with me. That's just one wow. of my little dreams. That's a good dream. That's a good dream. I, yeah. I I think that 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 you know all of us kind of feel that way. A lot of us, anyhow. I you know it's not that I it's not that I want to leave here. It's just that you know I know there are more levels out there, and and right at the moment it's like you know how do I get there? And it's it's you know just keep on trucking, and um, that works. That works. It it, yeah. it works because. You know, the I think the one thing people have to understand is, you know, first of all, there there are no coincidences, and if you pay attention to those things you've labeled coincidences, you'll find that those are messages from your spirit to your consciousness, helping you to get to where you need to be, and the the more you flow, the more you flow with them, the the more exciting life becomes, and the more interesting it becomes too. Um, mm-hmm. Just amazing and, yeah. and exciting. Visity. Yeah, I agree. And there's always an explorer in everybody. I mean, for me, I'm, I would love to be able to just explore the cosmos and just take off and, and just go from planet to planet or a celestial body and, and just explore. To me, that would be the ultimate. That's just one of my things. You know, I think you're right, though. But it's all about calibrating the frequency and then, of course, moving to these higher, higher levels of uh, whether it's spirituality or consciousness, which I tend to think that spirituality is one platform to phase into consciousness where it takes you to that level where you can calibrate into the bigger field. And then you just walk between worlds and all forms and designs. And, and to me, it seems like that's the most nebulous experience you can possibly have, but that's, that's the way I perceive it. You know, I, but, I agree with you. Yeah. I think we're all it, kind it, of restless for the future, the future, which should be here now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> You know, talk talk to somebody in England because they're six hours ahead of us, so that they're in the future, you and you, you're 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 sure that you're sure that it happens because they're already there. Oh, that's so. right. The illusion of space and time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all kinds of things happening here in this wonderful world. I, but yeah, it is exciting, and and you know, with all the with all the stuff that's going on now. Um, it it does sort of um, put a sense of confusion in the air, and and it, it is it is difficult for so many people to to function and to to find where their path is. Um, I know tons. I know I know thousands of people have lost their jobs, and and I feel badly for them, and yet. They have the they have the ability now to find something new, a different direction, something more exciting to get involved in. And um, I've seen people, you know, invent jobs for themselves. I I I don't think that's the purpose of this whole thing, but um, because honestly, I feel in some ways, and this is only my opinion. I, I haven't gotten it from anybody anywhere. It's just my thought. I, I think 
this whole pandemic was meant to cull the population of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I want to say eugenics because it's definitely, and we might've touched on that, but yeah, definitely. I agree. Unfortunate, but at the same time, um, I don't know. People are done with this dimension. This linear programming has to go. So however it goes, and I'm not saying people should be expired early, but I'm saying that it needs to change yesterday. And what, right now it's, it's changing whether people like it or not. However, I don't want it to go inverted in a sense of more control, more mechanisms, more oppression. It has to be more about liberation and ascension and transmutation and moving on and beyond the boundaries that have been created here by social engineering and belief systems. Yeah, I keep going back to the is it the Georgia Stones? Where, oh yeah, where those the Guidestones? Where they, yeah, they said that the population. I, I forget what it was, but it's an obscene number in order for the world to flourish. Don't think I. I'm not buying I, that. I just no. I I just you know I I just see where this is apparently the population that it's hitting at, and I really feel like. China was trying to cull their population, and it may have gotten out of hand or not. I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. it just feels like it, it is aimed at people who are weak, who are ill, who are old, who um, genetically have problems. It, it, it seems to be hitting those parts of the population, and um, mm-hmm. not, in all, not in all cases because certainly some people – who don't fall into any of those categories have passed away from it. But, um, you know, we kind of sit, I sit back and I look and it's like, this is just unreal. This is like a culling. And, and um, I, I don't know where the word even, yeah, it, it feels like it's it's been, um, it's intentional. And and I don't want to, you know, I, I, I don't want to pin it on, on China or Russia or 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 the 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 unseen people that are trying to pull our strings or whatever i I just feel that that's that was the purpose of it, no matter who was behind it and um mm-hmm. but but i when you look at it though. It's it's about the same number of people that die of the flu every year that have crossed over. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a weaponized flu, in my opinion. But also the falsehoods and everything else that you can look at, it's, it's all been orchestrated. This was a thought-out plan, if you ask me. This wasn't something that was spontaneous. They, this was something that was definitely set in motion with intent, with a template to do so. And also you can look at the 2030 agenda, too, where they're trying to get everybody out of the mountains and the rural areas and, and push them into the cities for more control. And we're seeing a lot of that going on as well. And that, some of these fires, like I was mentioning, I mean, not to digress and go in another direction, but the fires, uh, I mean, some of them are natural and some of them, a lot of them are not. A lot of them are started deliberately and they're trying to blame it on glo- global warming. And I'm like, no, there's somebody in the match, okay? <laughs> That's not global warming. So, yeah, well, there's all at, kinds of weird at, going on. I, I know when I did the um, overview for this year, I, I predicted that there would be more hurricanes and and things like that. Um, and now we're into five, the fifth letter of the Greek alphabet. We've gone through the the alphabet already, and, and there's another storm in the in the Gulf Coast now. So, mm. um, and and, and yep. I don't I I do not believe that they are all of these storms are natural. I do believe that that 
that there is, I don't know if it's HARP, I don't know who it is, you know, but there's too much going on here that I've often said that it feels like humanity are are game pieces in in a game that we don't know what it is, but we're being moved around accordingly. I agree. uh, I was on a chessboard. Well, I'm not playing the game, but I agree with you. I think that they've been manipulated as a mass collective and they're along for the ride. And there are people playing God, unfortunately. And you're right about directed energy weapons. They're all over the charts. I mean, I did a presentation a couple of years back on the weaponization of the Biodome at the Watchtower events and exactly that. And now Elon Musk and all his stuff is going up as as, uh, low-Earth orbit satellites. I've been monitoring. Most people don't think there's a problem with that. I do. And I'm telling you, we've got issues here with people misusing technologies, unfortunately, for control mechanisms, whether it's um, weather manipulation or it's brainwave Mm -hmm. manipulation. You know, a lot of things can happen. And you're seeing the craziness. I mean, people are stressed as it is. You push them over the edge with a microwave beam, and that's like, you know, that's it. That's oh, crazy. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been fascinating to watch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm retired, so, you know, I, I work from home. So it hasn't been as big a, a problem for me as it has been for, for most of the population, I guess. But... I just, um, I feel like I'm watching something. I feel like I'm watching, you know, a story of some sort unfold before me, and I'm not a part of it. And That's a good you thing. Know, it, it, In a sense, you're an observer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's just, I've seen, I've seen good things happen because of it, and I've seen bad things happen because of it. I've seen people getting together and working more as a community than than they ever had before. They're getting to know their neighbors better than they ever ha- ever did before. And yet you have the riots and things like that breaking out and um which I think is horrible. Uh it it I I don't understand it and and that's I I think that it was inevitable this summer because there was so much going on and Jobs were being lost, and there was anger and and everything, and and so, you know, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see if if there are riots as the weather gets colder. <laughs> they, they may not be. Well, more, they're they may not be. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll the, that'll keep warm, but but it, it it's interesting, and I was trying to figure out now. In my lifetime, there have been mass riots in in many different places. But as far as I can remember, they have always happened in the warmer months. Do you mm-hmm. ever recall riots where, where the kind of riots we saw this summer happening in the winter time? No. Do you? Because I don't. But that doesn't not mean it's not going to happen. Yeah. No. But who knows? Especially after the election, you might see more. Depending on who wins, <laughs> you might. <laughs> You know, it is hold on to the ride scenario. I can't yeah. imagine. Um, my feeling, my, my personal feeling, I don't know who's going to win. But after the election, I think there are going to be riots, and I think there are going to be riots after the inauguration. And Agreed. I have no idea who's going to win. It doesn't matter at this point. I think they're determined to have a war. That's my point. I, I don't ah. think it even matters at this point. They're they're polarized to such a level that 
it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. And everybody's angry and everybody's polarized. So, but I see it, you know, I, I do see it and I'm a, an observer, you know, I'm a sacred witness to the event in a sense of try not to get too involved in the situation, but I'm certainly monitoring it for my own security purposes and safety because everybody's going to be at risk. You don't want to be in the midst of a battlefield where they're, they're going nuts in the cities. I can tell you that much. So definitely want to take a look at that. But remote view it if you need to, but I don't think we need to remote view it. We already know what's going on. Oh, it's yeah. so close on the time. No, I, it's, it's kind of interesting. Somebody asked why I hadn't written predictions for this last couple of months or the rest of the year. And, you know, I, I said, you know what, um, I don't even want to look into it. You know, I'll do a projection for next year, and I'll do all of next year. I'll get it all done before next year happens, and I'll get it all up on the website. But um, but but it's it's not comfortable to to try to to give predictions for what's going on in the world because it feels that there is so much anger there. I don't want to dip into it. Oh, it's too volatile. It's, well, it's like a, it's like a hurricane beyond a hurricane. I mean, there's yeah, it's very volatile. So I wouldn't even bother with it. I always just hone in on the cosmos and 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 look from the highest multiversal realm and and just observe from afar. That's what I try to do anyway. We already know what's happening here, and it's just like uh, staying out of it in the sense of just monitoring it from a distance probably is a good idea at this point. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's not and like you know, I'm that, not the that, warrior. That's... I'm just not getting into this right now. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I think you've had your war. Oh, I've had. Oh, are you I, kidding? Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I mean, I, after where I, I've been. Oh no. Yeah, no, no. I, I think that, you know, uh, it's, it's. I think there is, the best is yet to come. You know, I, I hate to, I hate to use that because it's that's, been that's used nice politically, thing. but, but the, the best is yet to come, and, and I think even though. People are passing. People are sick. Um, I I really feel that that it, society as a whole will change. I I don't think it's going to change overnight. But I I think that see I've always thought for twenty twenty one and twenty two that that we were going to have difficulties. They were going to be stressful years. So that so mm-hmm. that. No matter no matter what happens with the election, 2021, 2022 are going to be stressful times. Uh, as far as what I can tell, there there are going to be challenges. There going there's going to be um, turmoil of sorts. Um, I feel that politically speaking, um, we're we're going to see the the reach the changing of some of the shapes of the states, some of the uh, some of the some countries are going to be expanded or shrunk. I think that the map is the face of the map globally is going to be changing, and and it, it, there is a strange new world about to be born, and um, birthing, especially on this level, is not fun. It's it's. I mean, I've only been through the birthing. Well, I've been through it twice. Once I was birthed. I didn't notice anything there, but when I had my son, I was in labor for 72 hours. We're talking about mm. a whole culture here, so that so that it's going to take two years before we get a finished project, a uh, pro, uh, finished product that um, 
we can we can learn to live with and 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 relate to. I, I, but it's going to be two years worth, at least two years. Um, mm-hmm. And and so any anybody who thinks that you know after the election things will calm down, I don't think so. I think no, it's going to be another so two years. And yet, yeah, an exciting time. And well, I'll tell you and, what. And I didn't you, see this part of the the game. <laughs> I never saw this coming. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I didn't see it. So. Um. I saw the unrest. I saw. I saw the rioting. Didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I. I. I tend to not be um, politically oriented, so you know, I. I won't dip my finger in there for anything. But. But I. I did see the fact that society as a whole was shifting and changing. Um, it, it's. It's kind of like. We're all going to have to find another way to address our journey and to start to walk our journey. And it's not going to be as difficult as some might think. Uh, and, and we're never going back to whatever the norm was because that doesn't exist anymore. So we're going to have to create another norm. And it's going to take us another two years to get a norm figured out. And I don't know if it's yeah. walking around in face masks forever or whatever. Although I can't breathe with those, so we have to get rid of those face masks. Oh no! Eventually, is not a good thing. Yeah, it's it's a crossroads. There's no doubt about it. It's definitely another crossroads. We're going to a different um, one. One end has come, and now it's for another new beginning, a new destination. What I'm seeing more and more, there goes my kitten, is uh, it's just you know we're letting go of everything anyway. Everything is imploding to some degree on the linear, so. Whatever is coming in is going to be, uh, once it gets settled, it's going to be very vast, in my opinion. It's going to be uh-huh. um, very expansive if people can hold on for the ride. If they can ride out the wave of the turbulent waters, I think the end game, in a sense of the final uh, destination, is going to be okay. But it's going to be turbulent. Like you said, I think it's definitely going to be major after the election and coming into the new year should be very interesting. That's why I say, you know, clean up your messes. I mean, not that people have messes, they're listening. But the idea behind it is close close the door to this, anything that's been holding you in limitation. Now, you know, get rid of what, whatever excess bag, baggage you have and just kind of reset everything and, and also take some time to appreciate those who've moved on and, and yourself and honor yourself and, and just move to the next level of your own divinity and spirituality. Well, I think, you know, you make, you make a really good point there. And, and I would, I would have put it differently be kind to yourself and then and then acknowledge, you know, the journey that you've been on and the things that you've achieved and and the things you're still working on. I mean, a lifetime is a long time. Well, not 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 in the space of a spirit, but in in the space of a of a human lifetime here. Um, you know, we create we our, our journey is is so amazing and pay attention to the successes I mean, because they they're out there, and maybe it's just that you you know you made your bed today instead of leaving it not made or whatever. But but acknowledge your successes, and the more you do of that, the more you give yourself credit for you know you didn't flip somebody off, you smiled at them, or or you you held a door open for somebody, or or you you know remembered someone you hadn't spoken to for a long time and you picked up the phone and you called them just to say hi. I mean, there's so many little things you can do that have 
a greater impact on the energetics around you. You just you'll you'll never know. It's just it's it's amazing, and you know it's it's kind of like you know pay ahead. You know if if uh, a kindness here or a favor there, you know it will. It, so, so long as everything you do is unconditional, it comes back at you. And but if you do it knowing it's going to come back at you, it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. And and the the only person you cannot BS is the other side. I mean, they just know where you're coming from. There's just no way around it. You know, I'm letting go of mm-hmm. this. I'm doing this. You know, uh, this is unconditional. And and as soon as you say, and I know it'll come back to me, then then you did it because you know it's coming back. So that you did it for the wrong reasons. So it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. I've I've always hated yeah. that part of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, well, we're on the other side too. Remember, we're multidimensional, so we're already there. Yeah, we exist. We exist in, in multidimensional worlds simultaneously in frequency. So, I think that's one of the reasons that we can uh, interface so easily with other worlds and spiritual beings and other other life forms. But yeah, it's it's a good time to navigate into those waters and. Why not do some internal work and external work and get your perimeter set up accordingly and be prepared for what's coming around the pike? Oh yeah, and you know we've got we've we've got solstices and and equinox <clears throat> equinoxes coming up. I mean, we've got all of these time frames where the the energy of the universe is going to be such that we can use that energy. Come on, every new moon, every Full moon, I mean, there's energy there you can draw and you can put your intentions out there. You can, whether it's writing them down uh, and sending them in smoke up to the universe, whether it's, but the more you are intentionally working on making things better and and reaching for the stars to a greater degree, the the further you get. And, and pay attention, you know, get, I mean, there are astrological calendars out there all over the place and and heck they're online too as far as that goes but 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 know what what's appropriate for full moons and for new moons and for putting your intentions for that period of time out there take the time to work with the energies you you would be so amazed at at once you are working with the energy and the intent is out there how it works for you um it it when i when i did the the cosmic deck i i wrote a poem and i forget what the first part was but one of the lines that i love in it is it will work for you as much as you work for it so mm-hmm. so so and and that's what the energy is like too if you're if you're using the energy if you're taking the time to recognize it and incorporate it into into your life and and take the time at full moons, at new moons, at whenever. I can't remember if it's full moon or new moon. Is it a new moon you put your intents out, I think? Well, the new moon is new energy, new beginnings. So it's a good time to manifest and create. And also, I, I mean, full moon as well. By the way, we do have a full moon coming up on Samhain on the October 31st, Halloween. Okay, so so it, it doesn't, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it doesn't take long. To do these simple things, but the more you work with the energy, the more the energy works for you. Um, in many ways, it has to be recognized that it's there. Once you recognize that it's there, you use it, 
and and for the right reasons, of course. You know, you're not trying to get even with somebody, and you're not trying to win the lottery because, trust me, that doesn't work. I've already tried it. Um, so, uh, you know, you just uh, make sure that your intentions are, are of noble tenure, and, and you're fine. And yeah, things work amplifier. well. Right. And oh, absolutely. The lunar energy is such an amplification of the emotional body plus of magic. I mean, it's one of the reasons we, we have ceremony around the full moon and, and even new moons. But, yeah, I agree. It's a great time to do some alchemical work or whatever you need to do. Take advantage of it. But, yeah, you get what you give, bottom line. So what you're putting out is what you're going to get back. And if you're fine-tuned and, you know, and you're honing in on what you want, it should it should manifest appropriately. And, and you know, you know, for people to really remember, especially with Samhain, that this is a time to remember the relatives that have passed on, that that, and the richness that that you know, it, there are time. I have an uncle who passed. Uh, he passed away on Valentine's Day, and it was like, well, he ruined that vacation for me. Um, but but remembering in a good way, not remembering, uh, you know, bad things. Remembering good things. And mm-hmm. the the more positive things you can remember and reflect on and share, <clears throat> the 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 greater the energy that you put out there, it comes back at you. It it's energy that you can use in your life. It's it's energy that you can apply to whatever it is you're doing, whatever your ambitions are. I, I think that personally this time frame has given people a it it, it gave the world a time out. And hopefully some people took that time to figure out, okay, where are my talents, where are my skills, where should I be putting energy to, to make my life richer? Um, and, and if that is the case, then, then you know, you, you've got a greater richness coming your way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish I had spent more time doing writing. That's something that I... But I was busy with moving. But but you know, it, it's sort of like if you have a gift, you should be using it. You should be ha- playing with it. You should be allowing it to to help the energy flow within your life. And especially those who write, you know, that that does open doorways. That is profound. Um, channeling, uh, gosh, spiritual journeying, uh, even even. Um, remote viewing, you know, just stretching yourself in new directions uh, and then recording it down so that you remember where you went and how you got there. Uh, mm-hmm, wonderful ways, you know, wonderful ways to stretch yourself and, and to get into new new levels and aspects of your own consciousness. It's, it's really, it's fun. It's down and out fun. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah, take the more it seriously. you start working it, the more it becomes more enhanced. So I definitely want to fine-tune it. No, I agree. And there's so many things you can do for the ancestors, too. You can create an altar for the ancestors if you want to gather photographs or heirlooms. I mean, there's so many things you can do connected to that. Or even, um, I talked about the Feast of the Dead. That was another part of the preparing the Samhain dinner, for example. There's uh-huh. the, um, you can talk about what you were discussing, to ancestor stories, you know, learning about the family history and, and talking to relatives, maybe having some, you know, little little connections there or gatherings where you can communicate. That'd be great. And there's another one too, though, the cemetery visits. You know, if you're if you have a loved one that's close by um, at a cemetery, maybe you can visit their gravesite, of course, and and share. You know, energetically speaking, some memories, maybe place an offering. 
flowers or herbs. Uh-huh. My kitty's meowing in the background there, but so many things you can do. Um, and it is a good time to fine tune everything and enjoy the journey while you're here because it, believe me, it's not coming back. <laughs> We're not going to be walking no. this path again. That's for sure. No, it'll be a different one for sure. Yeah. And when the, you think about all the, the people, problem. like for me, it's like I can't pick up the phone anymore like I used to, you know, if I call ancestors or loved ones, they, they're no longer here. I mean, I can talk spiritually, but in consciousness, mm-hmm. but they're not physically here. And I think that don't don't take for granted those moments because you don't know when they're going to be back. So. Oh, that's, that's very lecture. true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, actually, though, too, if you don't believe in any of this stuff, if you're out there listening to us and talking, I can't believe people don't believe it if they've listened to us for over an hour, but there may be people out there. If if there is somebody that you that you love dearly and that is passed over and you just want to communicate with them, you want to talk to them, here's what you do. You write a letter to them. You put it in an envelope. You address it to them, but you don't put an ad- you don't put an address. You do not put your return address on it or your name on it, and you don't put a stamp on it. But you mail it. You take it to the post office and you mail it. It won't come back to you because, of course, you haven't given them any information. Now you will absolutely be talking to that person because where do letters that are not deliverable go? Solaris? I think you told me the North Pole before. Did no, we... no. <laughs> oh, sorry. They, no, <laughs> they go into Santa. the ethers for sure. They go into the spirit world. No, they go to the dead letter office. Oh, gosh, never mind. <laughs> All right, that's right. You did tell me about this before. Okay, go ahead. Where do you think the dead go for their mail? Oh, that's right. But didn't you mention the North Pole in there somewhere? No. <laughs> okay, so there you go. What do you mean? That's Santa. Kind of but 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 it 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 makes sense. If you're uh-huh. going to write the dead, you send it to the dead letter office. And yes. and just your intent on writing it delivers it, but when That's you true. actually mail it, it 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 it's the physical confirmation that they're they're going to get it because you have sent it to where only the dead go. Mhm. So you know that's and, interesting. And, um, go ahead. No, I had a lot a of people book. that have. Yeah. <laughs> it really would. Well, it it when you stop and think about it, you know, even I I had one lady said, you know, this is just garbage. I don't believe in any of this hooey. And I said, well, try this. And I told her that, and she contacted me. Oh, maybe a month later, she said, you know, I actually have had things happen that, you know, things moved or I found things or. And and I know it was my husband, but I don't know how. But I did mention something in the letter that I wrote. And I said, well, isn't that magical? And, mm-hmm. you know, she said, no, it's a coincidence. And I said, so you're, you're continuing to write? And she said, oh, I write him every week. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So she doesn't believe in any of this stuff, but magic is happening in her life because of it. 
and mm-hmm. she just knows that you know that that sometimes it's a a song he loved that, that's on the radio more times than it should be. It's 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 lots of different little things that she is now much more aware of. So it's made her spiritually aware without her knowing she's spiritually aware, which I think is lovely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, a lot of people are skeptics until it starts to happen, and then all of a sudden they start to understand that there's a bigger scenery behind uh, life itself as it comes to the world of and spirit. Yeah, and, and not only that, but it, it it's not, I mean, we look upon it and I call it magic, but it's, it's the most normal thing ever, and and way back long ago, it was it was absolutely second nature for everyone to believe in all of this stuff, and um, unfortunately, technology is slowly but surely filtering the magic out of our lives, and and I think it's up to us to put it back in because magic happens, and it it is the most exciting, delightful, energizing thing that that. It can happen to anybody. It's just, it's, magic is is awakening a part of your consciousness that's always been there, but you didn't know was there. Yeah, it's part of the quantum field. There's no doubt about that. It's all energy. We got off anyway, the topic. Look at it. Yeah. We, we did kind no, of get off really. the topic a little bit. We oh, okay. <laughs> you know, well, magic, alchemy, consciousness, spirit, the dead, <laughs> it, all, it all ties in. It really does. It, it it does, and you know, it's it's. I I want to go back, you know, if we could to to the children because I think that you've got a perfect opportunity to 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 find a way to introduce children to the most natural part of of life, and and that is nature and nature spirits and 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 all of the spiritual realms to do it in a way that, that won't offend parents so they won't go, oh, my God, that's the devil's work, you know. Oh, well, good luck with that. But, yeah, no, I agree. It really is about opening the minds of the parents or bottom line. When it comes down to anything, you know, I taught martial arts, and I have to tell you, the worst part of teaching martial arts was having to deal with the parents. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Some of them are just like, oh, just go home. You know, I just wanted to, like, leave, okay? So it's just, uh yeah, I felt sorry for some of those kids sometimes. I mean, some of these parents are not the best in the sense of just, it's almost like they treat it like a daycare to some degree, but at the same time, they don't get they don't get what teaching is about, I don't think, or instruction or discipline or courtesy or manners. I mean, you know, if they don't teach manners in their own residence and you bring them into a dojo where they have to learn that, it, it's, it's pretty challenging for them. So that's just using an example. But no, I agree. I think that uh, it would be nice to have more instruction with children. And one thing you were mentioning about how do you teach children to see these energies, but I think one of the ways to do that is to uh, work with them on martial arts or Qigong or Tai Chi, where they're actually feeling oh, yeah. the force, you know, That to me is a, is a really good way to just show them how to feel the energy. When you rub your hands together and you're feeling that field, that to me is a, is a really good way to kind of attune them. Well, Tai Chi is amazing. I, I think anybody that has ever experienced it, what I love about it is that if, if you have a, a good teacher, you will feel the energy running the very first time you do it. Yep. So that so that you're made aware of, of that aspect within your body that you didn't even know was there. So that so that it it's it's energizing, it's tranquilizing, it's relaxing, it's it's just you know, uh, 
and with Tai Chi, it's it's a slow movement. So you you know you're not going to knock somebody. Oh well, you could, but 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 you're not going to hurt anybody. There's nobody being thrown to the floor or anything like that. Yeah, it's very smooth. Even qigong exercises. I mean, you can't get into much trouble with that unless you're. Most the kids get out of control with it. But once again, it does need parental supervision. People, it's, it's up to the parents really to teach their children about consciousness, energy, spirituality, the world of the unseen, multidimensional worlds, and, and try to keep them as open-minded as possible and without fear. That would be nice. But nowadays uh-huh. everybody's projecting so much fear about everything. My goodness, it's this, you know, it's the safe space thing and this thing about keeping kids in a bubble for crying out loud. Come on. I grew up and I didn't have a bubble around me like that. My goodness. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> we we didn't even have bike helmets when I was a kid. No, and we drank out of the hose, and and um, yeah. you know, it, it it's amazing how we survived. Uh, no seat belts either. <laughs> right? Yeah. Parents have smoked. You know, whatever. It's like, you know, cigarettes are not necessarily healthy for you, but I, I mean, I was always around people smoking, and you know. Uh-huh. When you just think about but, the yeah. whole scenery, it's funny now how, how everybody's, uh, I don't know, it's just over-coddling, you know, bottom line. So, it is. I wonder, I, I, wonder sometimes, I wonder sometimes, you know, we really aren't giving the children the kind of education they should have. And, and I'm wondering if my grandmother looked at everything and said the same thing, or, or my mother, for that matter, um, I, I look at children today, and and the schools don't 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 do a thing. And and college, as far as I can tell, is a social education. It has nothing to do with academics, unless of course you're going to be a, a a scientist or something like that. But um, it, it just to me, it's we're doing our kids a disservice by not giving them a greater playing field. You know, we're all, we're mm-hmm. already we're already getting them down to at, at high school now. What are you going to major in, and how the heck should they know? You know, right. they should try every they should try everything. They they shouldn't. And, but but the one thing that isn't done with kids at at this point, which really disturbs me greatly, is that we come in pre-programmed with talents and gifts. Where if we followed through with them, they would they would enhance our lives, and we could probably have a very you know happy, fruitful career. And parents and teachers, you know, kind of try to um, get us down to a, a, a cookie cutter. You know, you have to do this. This is, this is, you know, you, you go to college, you get a job, you work hard and have children and get married and have children, and then you die. I mean, it, it just it doesn't – there there are so many kids out there that are talented and skilled and, and, and just as creative as all blue blazes, and yet they're being squeezed. Those natural talents are being squeezed out of them so that they will fit into a – a corporate type of setting and and be miserable all their lives. I think it's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really just shutting down their DNA to some degree, insofar as their DNA uh-huh. activation and consciousness. So yeah, I agree. And that's the future in a sense of where we're heading with high tech information. And you know, it's nice to have technology and computers, but if you're not using it with an evolutionary sequence, then what's the point? You know. So I exactly. think people need to be more creative. And, and yeah, the, the kids and children and, and wherever they are on the map need to, I think they should explore more um, physical outlets too. I think that athletes, are, I'm very 
big on exercise and training and whatever that is, whatever they feel guided to do. But that's another avenue because they can channel their energy and their frustrations in that world. And also the creative aspects, writing and other things, um, all these wonderful things that they're capable of doing. So, But I think the unseen world and the mysteries of consciousness and the occult and spirituality, which is really the hidden and concealed, is a big deal in a sense of understanding that it's not the boogeyman people want it to be. And the mainstream media and all the propaganda they use with movies and scary films and this and that and the ghost haunts. and I mean, that's just a little piece of something. That's not the bigger picture. Because once you get into the levels of, of that mastery of, of consciousness, there's none of that going on. It's all pure energy. No, absolutely. But, but you know, too, what gets me is is this virtual reality and everything. It takes them out of out of physical reality, and it doesn't have them dealing with the here and the now. It has them in a game, and right. that frightens me. That scares me. Yeah. Well, this isn't a game. I mean, you can treat it like, well, it's really not. I'm, you know, I wish it was just a game. We could just pull the plug. But we are here, and while we're here, um, do the best and make the best you can, in my opinion. But, yeah, these kids are kind of getting – I feel sorry for them, especially with this whole side virus thing going on because there's too much of that psychological imprinting going on with that. And, of course, like you were mentioning, you know, the, the mask thing is just uh, shutting them down. They need the universal life force energy. Everybody does. They need prana to breathe for your cells and your atoms and your organs and your – your vitals are crying out loud. But, you know, they could have had programs where they took small groups out into the woods and out into the fields. They could have they could have done so much with giving these kids an understanding of nature mm-hmm. while we had the chance. And, and it didn't right. – with some it happened. Some parents were great, but but the majority of the parents had to work. So, you know, there the kids are with a computer – and that's that's just frightening. Yeah, that's unfortunate. The, the computer is the new babysitter. It used to be the television set, you know, and now, yeah. it's, the, now it's the computer with the, the video games and this and that. You remember in the old days, I don't know if schools even do this anymore, but they used to have field trips where kids would actually get out and go into nature and, and go to the museums or, or go someplace fun, you know, maybe learn. I don't even know what oh, schools yeah. are like anymore. You know more than I do. <laughs> yeah. but, you know. Well, it's, it's, then you have that. people... I mean, I, I taught school, and the very first year I taught school, it was in Michigan, and I thought the greatest field trip in the world was to take the kids to a farm and, you know, let them see the cows get milk and the chickens fed and all of that. And and then somebody cued me in. Well, no, it wasn't somebody. It, it turned out we went to one of the kids' uncle's farm because most of my kids lived on farms so the only person getting excited about the cow getting milked and the chickens getting fed was me because i hadn't seen that (laughs) that's too much yeah it was very very embarrassing i from then on checked out where (laughs) the parents worked and what they did and decided i would take the kids to a place where they would be enriched too but you know it was uh well, come on, I, I was in Michigan, and, and I was from New York. What the heck did I know about farms? Was well, at least you enjoyed yourself. Well, I you did. Go. I had a great time. <laughs> well, it sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so, they learned something. So, Who knows? Oh, they probably did. They probably did. So so tell me, um, where do you see the next couple of months going energetically, not politically, just physically for, for humanity. Energetically, I think it's going to be very spiked 
and uh, very turbulent, so to speak, and yet at the same time very invigorating. So that's what I'm looking at uh-huh. energetically speaking. Yeah. Let's just hold yeah, on to the would... ride. Yeah, buckle up. Put your mm-hmm. helmet buckle on. Up, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and keep a journal because it's, it's going to be a repeat. I think that, that humanity as a whole is going to be um, making history on many different levels. And, yeah, uh, it really is. And, and hopefully there's a, there's a new awareness coming. There's a new uh, understanding of each other. And, and hopefully we can, we can um, start to work together better than we have. I, I, would, I would like to see the competition go away and, and cooperation replace it so that, mm-hmm. so that humanity as a whole can move forward. Um, well, I, don't, I think they have to coexist, otherwise they're going to go extinct. They have no choice at this point. They're going to have to do something <laughs> to get along, you know. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, most probably. Um, right. So uh, we're down to the last two minutes or so. Um, this has been so much fun. It has. And thank just, you for joining uh, me, Barbara. It's always fun when you chime in. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I loved your book. And, and uh, for you. those who missed the title, it's Mr. Sun and the Halloween Ball. And it's not only a charming story, it's graphically beautiful. And I uh, highly recommend people go onto Amazon and pick it up because uh, it, it is definitely a book for everybody. It, it, it's a good it's a good book for, for people, for, for grown-ups, and it's a good book for children and with any luck, everybody gets a little bit of education out of it because it, it is definitely just one of the most charming books ever. I've I've given a ton of them away, and I will continue to because it it's a beautiful story. I'd love to see you write more. Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to too. I, I will be uh, setting those in motion. It's time to do some more. Thank you very much for that feedback. I appreciate it. I do like that book too. I must say, and it's not out of vanity. I just find it to be a a fun book and. It makes you feel good, you know. It's one of those feel-good kind of books. So I hope it. I hope it affects everybody else that way. Well, you, you end up smiling, and and you know you've you've introduced them to sprites and to to all sorts of little nature elementals, and and I would love to see you continuing to in, in you know to educate people by introducing them to um, more characters that. Uh, aren't anything to be afraid of, but are very, very real. Well, thank you. I, I guess I'll have to set that in motion then. It's a good time to do that. And I want to thank everybody okay. for listening tonight as well, too. I know we're just about out of time. Yes, we are. You, I'll, let you, I'll let you sign out then, sign off then. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. And thank you, Barbara. It's been wonderful. Have a wonderful, happy Halloween, happy Samhain. Be safe. And until next time.